Trainwreck Fantasy Football. It is playoffs week. It is the time. I am joined again by Ryan Thomas of the Thomas Takes Sports Podcast. How are we doing, Ryan? I'm doing good, Josh. How are you? Good to be back on. Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit, a little bit, but it's playoffs. I'm so excited. You and me both, the time has finally come. Uh, some leagues, you know, you might be in the first or second seed with a first round bye. Other leagues, you might be fourth, fifth, you know, maybe sneaking into the playoffs with the sixth seed, trying to get through to the second round. So a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different situations for all the fantasy owners out there. Yeah, in the uh, Trainwreck Fantasy League, I I mean, eked into the playoffs. Greg Vorce beat me the last week. <clears throat> I had six wins. The only way I could get in was if Ty beat Geary, and I took him um, at six or seven. I had the tiebreak. So I eked in. Maybe I take it to the finals. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's all that matters is as long as you're in, you got a shot. You know, whether you're the sixth seed or the fifth seed. At that point, throw the records out. You know, the, the regular season records don't really mean a whole lot when it's playoff time. You know, so you, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Absolutely. And real quick before we get into it, show sponsor, Picasso's Pizza. Make sure you get there for your fantasy football line when you're watching this Sunday. Are you kidding me? It's going to be a wild Sunday. But let's get into this. The first person I want to talk about is Mania. How do you feel coming into this week? He's playing the Chargers. Uh, he did okay in the beginning of the season, started to tail off. Bulls comes in, just awful. Do you think he's a viable option to start in the start? I would say so for anyone that's looking for a quarterback, but I'd like to think that at this point, if your fantasy team has made the playoffs, it is largely because of the quarterback. I mean, that's a, that's a prime position in the league. That's a position that, depending on who you have, it, it can get you a lot of points. But if you're kind of skeptical on the quarterback that you have, maybe the particular matchup that he's in, uh, I think Gardner Minshew would be a decent matchup. I mean, the matchup with the Chargers is not the most ideal. The Chargers have a really good pass rush, obviously. Um, but the Chargers aren't really playing for much anymore. Their season's somewhat over, so who knows what they'll do as far as players that might see more of a workload uh, snap count-wise. But if we're just talking fantasy here, I think Gardner Minshew is, is a reliable option. As far as Jacksonville quarterbacks, it, it appears as if this guy won his job back based on the struggles of Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles looked looked horrible uh, this yeah. past week. And Gardner Minshew gets an opportunity once again uh, to be the starter of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think that that's really big for him because I thought, you know, maybe Jacksonville would move on from him and go back to Foles and Minshew would end up being a free agent and go somewhere else. But it looks like Minshew mania is back in Jacksonville. And you know what? For, for anyone in a two quarterback league, I would definitely say if you have any concerns about your second quarterback, maybe fire him up as your QB two. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Or I was even going to say, if you have a one quarterback league and you're able to scoop up Gardner, I think it's a good idea because you never know what injuries are going to happen. You still have probably three more weeks of playoffs playing on those leagues. If you were to write, that's a lot of time. It's going to happen. And I think he would be a viable start. But I also want to say this, Nick Foles made a lot of Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And I mean, two to three in some leagues, and that's the last week trying to push him to playoffs. He actually was on my team when I lost. I think it didn't matter, but I would have won if I played Brissett. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, that that was not thrilling. Yeah, that makes a huge difference. And I mean, um, my dad had him in my league uh, as his second quarterback. And in my league, turnovers are, are killer for a quarterback. And he fumbled twice. I think he threw two interceptions. So he was like negative 4.8. At one point, he was like negative six. Uh, and, you know, somewhat redeemed himself, I guess you could say, by getting negative 4.8. And luckily, luckily, my dad didn't start him. But ultimately, uh, Daniel Jones was not enough for him to get the W either. So there's a lot of different moving parts of quarterbacks throughout this season. I can't remember, Josh, in recent memory, a season where – so many quarterbacks went down and so many quarterbacks that I've never even heard of. And I, you know, study the game very well. 
Um, yeah. I mean, especially guys, playing fantasy. No, I agree. You got right, Devlin right. Hodges in. I, I mean, Driscoll right. was in for the Lions. Now, who's the third string? I mean, third strings. There's two teams, three teams, three strings. Right. Literally, like uh, Stephen Willie Beeman, any given Sunday, like yeah. with, with Devlin Hodges and, and Gardner Minshew. I mean, what a crazy season this has been. And even Kyle Allen, too. I mean, he was somebody that yeah. they didn't even think he was going to make the team. And then he, you know, really shows up at camp, really shows up in the preseason. Um, Will uh, Greer kind of didn't really do his thing. And Cam Newton goes down. Kyle Allen stepped up. There's been, you know, so, so weeks. Obviously, there's growing pains for a rookie quarterback, especially one that was, a th you know, supposed a third stringer. So, you know, you kind of have to take the good with the bad and really in a two quarterback league, some teams have three quarterbacks. So you really spread pretty thin as far as some of the options that are out there. And if Gardner Minshew is still out there, I say go get him. Yeah, actually real quick, I want to touch base on Kyle Allen. I um, I just want to say this. I am totally confident in starting him every week now. I just want that record straight. Because when I, I have him on my one league and I kept getting nervous, like, ah, do I look for something else? You know, because like you said, the growing pain. But I think he's done just enough and he has a week of receivers that I like him, you know? Right, and and you know he's surrounded by a lot of weapons on that offense that are young and <laughs> they, yeah, especially McCaffrey that are young and and get those yards after the catch and and DJ Moore is somebody that I really like and Curtis Samuel is decent as well. He hasn't really blown up in any you know case this season, but I think he's a decent player that eventually will that that eventually will. Um, but yeah, Kyle Allen kind of does the little things real well. He doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Uh, the games that he has turned the ball over. Obviously, his fantasy production has been limited because of that. So, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there's a few Allens in the league. I like the one that's in Buffalo the most, obviously. But Kyle Allen's not bad either. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so here's a big player I want to get into for quarterbacks. Josh Allen versus the Ravens. How do you feel about this matchup? Because I see a lot of people say, well, this is where it gets tricky. Because if they're saying, set them, do you really have an option to set them? I mean, the Ravens have been holding quarterbacks. Sometimes you have to make the play no matter what. Or would you say try to look for someone else? I mean, what do you think he's going to do? Um, I think he's actually going to do really well. And, and, and I tell you this, I think there is definitely, and I've talked about this on the, on the Thomas Takeover postgame show, Josh Allen is – He's, he's found his, his ability to manipulate a defense, actually read a defense, kind of manipulate them, draw them into thinking that he's going to run when he throws or, or drawing them into thinking that he's going to pass when he runs. I've, I've found that the last, you know, three, four weeks, it looks like Josh Allen has really uh, developed very well as, a, as not just a passer, but an accurate passer. Uh, somebody that can find the receiver, hit him on the numbers, and, and move the chains. Last week against Dallas, he completed 12 straight passes. The guy was on fire. So, yeah. uh, obviously, the Ravens offer a lot of different things defensively, but Josh Allen can take any game over at any given point with his arm or with his legs. That fantasy dimension uh, is one that you have to start. That's the difference between – Josh Allen getting a rushing touchdown that's six points or a passing touchdown that's four. Allen has the propensity to run into the end zone in, in these games. He's done it, you know, quite often this year as well as his rookie season. So I think if Josh Allen got you to the playoffs, if he was somebody that you started week in, week out, I would not turn my back on him uh, at all, especially at home where it feels like he plays with uh, within the energy at that new era field. So I would roll with Josh Allen. there this weekend too. Oh no doubt about it. Nine and three, and and the Ravens what ten and two. Oh, um, that's that's going to be loudest of right all year. Right, right. Okay. So yeah, I would definitely run with Josh Allen, and I think the offense is actually trying to limit you know his um, throws where he has been prone to make mistakes, and they've allowed him to kind of just play his game rather than forcing him to be a quote unquote pocket passer or you know someone that's a game manager. They're going to let Josh Allen just play somewhat sandlot football and it's just so fun to watch yeah, like too. a play extender you know what i mean like right he gets into his rhythm it's how he plays the game some people so you gotta understand that you gotta get into how he plays football you're not gonna mold him into a different quarterback that's not gonna work you know what I mean? right right football which he's been doing why do you think we're nine right yeah i agree i would totally roll with him too but i'm sorry what's up oh i said uh play, play him to his strengths you know rather than force him to be something that he's not and i think 
you know, Brian Dable kind of did that for the first few weeks of the season. They were trying to put some some training wheels on him. And it's like, Josh Allen doesn't need training wheels. He just, just needs experience. He just needs consistent starts and, and everything will take care of itself. Yeah, I mean, still, what did you probably to play? Like, what, 20, 21 games played total? Maybe a little bit more than that. I'm not sure. Right, right. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's had 24 career starts so far. So, yeah, so, I mean, so, you definitely not. see a, a great difference in stats, too, from last year to, to this year. And uh, I, I just think the world of him, I think he's only going to get better. I really do. Okay. So, here, there's two more quarterbacks I want to talk about because they've been pretty much starters for the whole year. Um, one's good, one's bad. Kyler Murray versus Steelers. How do you feel about this? I'm really on the fence, but I guess sometimes you're left with no options, but I'm pretty sure he's been a starter mostly. And he's been kind of shaky the last couple of years. And Steelers haven't been bad on the defensive end. No, not at all. And I'm actually starting Pittsburgh's defense in two fantasy leagues where I don't have the first round by obviously heading into this week. Uh, I'm rolling with Pittsburgh's defense. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense has been incredible. Really. These last few weeks, you think of all the stuff that they've gone through this season with, without big Ben Mason Rudolph, just uh, playing with, with, with just, he was terrible. I think that's safe to say he was terrible. He, he needed to be benched and the whole, you know, miles Garrett situation and all that, all that stuff that they went through, uh, this season and now Devlin Hodges from a college that I've never even heard of comes out of nowhere and, and, and plays really, really well. So I think um, this Steelers defense though, is the backbone of their team. I really like the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick. I think that was a great, great trade that really rounded out that defense especially in the secondary and I would roll with him. I think Kyler Murray, this might be a real tough matchup for Kyler Murray because the Steelers defense is somewhat of a swarming defense where they go wherever the ball's going. And when Kyler Murray tries to throw those intermediate, you know, 15, 20 yard passes over the middle that are his bread and butter. I don't know if those passes are going to be there on this defense. So I would definitely roll with Pittsburgh's defense hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last two weeks, as much as two weeks ago he did have 40 points from the rushing yards on TV, but he only threw 150 yards in week 11. Last week only threw 163 at a 56 QBR. I mean, you know, it's scary when you're going into a matchup like that. So the way I would put it, I would be nervous with Kyler Murray, but sometimes you don't have another option. I think if you had maybe like a Brissett playing the Bucks. I would probably roll something like that. Play the safe hand. Right, yeah, I would agree with that. Go with the guy that gets you the safe 15 to 20 points rather than the guy that – Kyler Murray at this point in that Arizona Cardinals offense, I think anyone in that Arizona Cardinals offense, it, it really depends on the matchup. It really depends on the, the team that they're going up against. I mean, we saw that you know a few weeks back when we talked about Christian Kirk's blow-up game, and then the next week, not so much. And then weeks after that, he's – been so 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 um i think that you know kyler murray's young that offense is young and there's not really a whole lot there and pittsburgh's defense is is very good and they're young and they're coming together you know i really like uh Tremaine edmund's little brother as a safety there and jj oh. watts little brother as an outside linebacker there uh, I, I think he's been phenomenal uh this season and there's a lot to like about those two players so you know, you add in Micah Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden had that um, game ceiling interception against his old team last week, the Cleveland Browns. So a lot to like on that Steelers defense for sure. And I think they're only going to get better. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. That's why I was so nervous about Tyler Monaghan. Yeah. I actually just picked up Pittsburgh's defense too, because the guy that I'm playing picked up both Green Bay and Houston just so I couldn't start them. I'm like, wow, so they're really scheming on you right now. Yeah, they're, they're really trying hard to, to scrounge any points that they can. Meanwhile, they're starting Buffalo's defense against Baltimore, which yeah. now when I watch the Bills game, I'm going to be like, yeah, what, what do I root for? But obviously, I'm going to root for the Bills, no doubt about it. You might be able to have some good brags in if, because uh, the Steelers could easily do better than both those defenses. You might have some weakness over there. I think so, and, and that's what I thought too. I thought, okay, well, I mean, Green Bay's defense and eh, Houston's defense without J.J. Watt is okay. And, and Clowney. Mm. Right, and without Clowney. And, you know, the Steelers' defense, I think, has been one of the more underrated defenses this season for sure. 
Yeah, I've had him on my team a little bit. But all right, let's get into some running backs. So one of the so main players who's having a great week is actually James White, because I know he's one of those intermediate players. He's been every week starter. Um, you know, he's probably been on and off lineups. I don't know if waiver wires, possibly. Um, but they're playing the Chiefs. And you know Brady, you know, he's throwing it. Three yard throws. EPR league. I'm liking James White. What do you think? James White is always safe for a good 10 to 15 in a PPR league. If there's any pick that's as safe a, a mid-round pick as any, it's, it's James White. I mean, the Patriots have done this for 20 years. They've interchanged those type of players, whether it's Kevin Falk or – um, let's just say Deion Lewis and James White. I mean, they've used all three of those guys Burkhead. the exact same way. Burkhead, yeah, but I mean, as far as a true, like, little water bug pass-catching running back, James White is just one of those guys. He's annoying, almost. Like, when I yeah. watch him in, in games where New England plays, you know, like last Sunday night, they played the Texans. They were playing catch-up, and they were running the ball with James White. He was getting, like, eight to ten yards a carry at one point just based on the way that they were mixing him in there and Houston's defense was starting to wear down a little bit as the Patriots kind of dink and dunk their way down the field as they always have. Um, ultimately, they lost, but still, James White is a very solid, safe fantasy starter. Uh, the only question is, that's a loaded backfield there. You got James White, you got Sonny Michel, you have, as you mentioned, Rex Burkhead, but I think the safest bet out of all those guys is James White for sure, without a doubt. Yeah. All right, here's my next player, and this is my flex player of the week, okay? This is like my start. My guy. Kareem Hunt versus the Bengals. Since returning from suspension, Hunt is the 11th highest scoring running back in the league, right behind Nick Chubb. And they're playing the Bengals. And I feel like he's going to get a lot of work out of the backfield. I feel like it's PPR. I tell you, I I completely agree. And, and similar to maybe James White, the Cleveland Browns have used Kareem Hunt as a pass-catching running back. And, and I was really intrigued by that signing, not just because of the you know controversy that was surrounding Kareem Hunt for the obvious reasons that you and I both know, but as well as how will they use Kareem Hunt? Will they use him in between the tackles? Will they use him as a pass-catcher? Will they line him up at wide out? How are they going to use him? And I like how they've used him so far. It hasn't really led to many wins for the Cleveland Browns. But Cream um, Hunt is such a good running back. He was one of the better running backs in fantasy prior to his um, situation that he had off the field. And I think Cream Hunt is as safe a bet as any, as a, as a solid flex play. If you are worried about a, a bigger named running back, let's just say a Saquon Barkley, who really hasn't done a whole lot these last few weeks. I'm not saying bench Saquon Barkley, but I am saying at least put in a running back like Kareem Hunt in your flex slot over a wide receiver who you're worried that might not get um, as many targets as he normally does in a particular matchup. I think Kareem Hunt will definitely get, you know, 10 to 15 this week. Um, and I, I think he's going to definitely get in between the tackle, you know, work as well. Nick Chubb, Really didn't do a whole lot last week. In one league, for me, he got me four points. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was not fun. Yeah. People drafted Nick Chubb a lot higher than they did Cream Hunt. And uh, you, you, you're starting to see, really, rankings preseason really don't mean anything. I remember saying on one of the first shows that I thought Odell Beckham would be, you know, one of the number one or number two fantasy receivers over Michael Thomas. Boy, was I wrong on that. I'm more than willing to say that. But it just goes to show you, throw the rankings out of those magazines when, when you're looking for your draft picks or who you want to draft prior to, the, prior to the season starting because that stuff just doesn't matter. John Brown was drafted in, what, the 15th round, and, and he's one of the leading receivers in the AFC. So anything is, is possible with Cream Hunt. He's fresh as a daisy. He missed all those weeks due to the suspension. Fire him up. Yeah. I mean, it just comes down to, yeah, he's fresh. And I actually want to bring this up too. 
think it was with Joe DiBiase in one of the shows before we started uh, the season. Season. Um, I asked him, I go, what do you think about Nick Chubb being a first-round running back? Now, of course, the skill's there. Like, that's, you know, not a question. I was like, I totally agree with you. But I go, what happens when he comes back in terms of career? But I go, he's going to get work. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that you can use this guy. And now that the Browns are kind of pushing back to a playoff spot, I mean, they're liking them. You know what I mean? I could, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but I think I'm maybe taking more of a role than Nick Johnson. He's fresh and he's hot. What do you do? You roll the hot hand, right? You roll with the hot hand, and, and people forget what type of running back this guy was before his off-the-field stuff. I mean, he was one of the best in the NFL. I think that's safe to say easily one of the best in the NFL. If I were to put a ranking on it, I would say prior to the off-the-field incident that he had, uh, top three in the NFL with, with Le'Veon Bell and, and Ezekiel Elliott. He was, he was right there, right in the thick of it as far as the, the talk of the, of, of the league as, as far as running backs go. And Cleveland, the only team that gave him a shot, the only team that was willing to say, hey, we'll take a, a shot on you. I actually thought the move was brilliant because Cleveland needs as many good players as possible. Cream Hunt is a good player. You can say what you want about him as a person off the field, and, and anyone's entitled to their own opinion on that. But on the field, the guy is electric. He's elusive. He, he can run between the tackles. He can run you over. He can out-juke you, out-spin you. There's a lot of things that the guy can do on the field. And uh, Cleveland, when he came back, they knew that they were going to unleash him, and they have. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Now, I have – oh, actually, you know what this made me think of? Do you remember his first game? It was that Thursday night matchup. He exploded. Yeah, he exploded. exploded. And yeah. I remember Alex Smith, too. I remember he had a deep bomb touchdown, too. I think it was like a – I mean, at least 40-yard touchdown in the air. Yeah. Yeah, he had a touchdown via a receiving touchdown, and I think he had two rushing touchdowns and over 200 yards because I know in, in my league at least I have a bonus for 200 yards, and he, he had like 250. So he was snatched up by I think like 70,000 fantasy teams or something like that or something crazy because before that no one really knew who he was. Oh, and no funny story, I knew who he was just based on the fact that he played at Toledo with an old high school teammate of mine, David Fuellen, and David Fuellen was the starter, and Cream Hunt was his backup. So wow. that just goes to show you how college works out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the reason he even got the workload was because Spencer Ware got injured. He was supposed yep. to be the starter. I remember that. I got drafted yep. him, actually. That's what happened. I drafted him. He gets injured in the preseason. My buddy scoops up Kareem Hunt before me. And what did he turn into? Well, I guess an asshole. But anyways, <laughs> on to the next run. On to the next running back. Um, I have two things I want to talk about again before we hit on smart receivers. I think a sleeper pick is uh, Benny Snell at Arizona. You know what I mean? Since they're playing them. And then there's two players I want to stay away. Well, I guess I want to stay away from um, 49ers running back. So I kind of like and see that was EFX. It kind of depends on your team's looking, you know, if you need someone and you're stretching for a player. But then again, on the 49ers, I want to stay away from those running backs. How do you feel on those picks? That's a really tough matchup. That's a, that's a tough situation because I would actually stay away from, from both. And I only say it's not, that, it's not that I don't like Benny Snell. It's that I don't really – like the Steelers offense nearly as much right now as I do the Steelers defense. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit leery of that, but I guess if you need a running back in a really deep league, Benny Snell would be, you know, a perfect fit. I am more, uh, I guess you could say heartbroken uh, over the fact that James Conner has just not been able to stay healthy. And these nagging injuries have just continued to plague him. Now Jalen Samuels has had injuries of his own, Benny Snell is really the only guy uh, left in Pittsburgh. There is also Jermaine Edmonds' other brother that plays, um, I, I believe it's his other brother for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Uh, maybe not, but I, I thought that that was his brother. Same last name, but it might be spelled differently, come to think of it. but um, uh, I think it is. Trey Edmonds, I, think, I believe that is his name. Yeah, I think that is his, his brother. Yeah, maybe, Jane, maybe. I don't Ray, know. And then uh, the defensive uh, one. Ter Terrell Edmonds? Or, yeah, yeah. No, I believe that's all of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, 
the Steelers are one of those teams that I can't remember a bad draft that they have ever had. I can't think of one draft that, that jumps off my my mind and says to my that makes me say to myself, "Oh, that draft was terrible." The Steelers yeah. have always had really good players, so I guess in a pinch, Benny Snell I would trust more than than anyone in San Fran. Uh, the one thing with San Fran is Kyle Shanahan's offense; they run the football more than just about anybody outside of Baltimore, um, and and they really have three really good running backs, but. Obviously, when you have three good running backs, one of those guys is going to do well and the other two guys aren't. And you're left picking which one will do better than the other two. And that's a situation that nobody wants to be in. So I guess if I were to go with any choice, if I had to, I would go Benny Snell for sure. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, and not only that, though, one of the main reasons I wanted to stay away from uh, the 49ers is they're playing the same who have a pretty, the yeah, others are only giving up 80, 80 game. So that goes through three guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not going to be too good. Yeah, and I mean, San Francisco and, and New Orleans, that game right off the top of my head, the first word that comes to my mind is shootout. That game is going to be a, a, an air raid between Drew Brees and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion. If I were to just guess how that game would go, the Saints are going to throw the ball often, and San Francisco is going to be forced to do the same. So, answer. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. if anything, no, I'd agree with that I too. See, I see Breeze and Breeze and Garoppolo having big numbers yeah. from that no, game. I'd absolutely agree with that. Yeah. All right, let's get into some wide receivers. Um, I have a couple here I want to mention. Um, most of them are just kind of players that I like this week. Um, one of the first ones I'm liking is DJ Moore at the Falcons. Because I feel like he's been really stepping it up with Kyle Allen. Um, seems like they're kind of getting the four there, and the Falcons suck. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would agree. And, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier. DJ Moore is a guy that I really like, and he's a player that's that's young in this league, but somebody that I think, as the years go by, will be one of those really good receivers. I liked that pick by the Panthers when they did pick him. Uh, I have an, uh, a friend by the name of uh, Zach uh, Troutwine. He's one of my best friends dating back to you know grade school. And he's a massive Carolina Panthers fan. And when they picked DJ Moore, he was like, eh. And I'm like, no, this guy's good. This guy is Steve Smith-esque. He's got some Steve Smith-like capabilities. He's, he's nasty. He's a vicious runner. The, the guy can burn you. He's got speed. He, he can get open, create separation, and he's strong uh, for, for his size. So I definitely like DJ Moore a lot, and I would lock him in against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense has been really terrible this year, and, and I think uh, there's going to be a head coaching change there. It wouldn't shock me at all if they decided to move on from – from their coach, uh, I believe his name is Dan Quinn. So um, I, I think they need to they need to do that. I mean, they, they they've been terrible all season long, and they're far too good to be in that position. I mean, they've I mean, all been that, terrible ever since that playoff run. Realistically, right, right. Ever since their really Super Bowl like loss, break it down, having a season like that, and just kind of really collapsing ever since then. You know, it, right. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, ever since their Super Bowl collapse, they have literally just collapsed they haven't and i don't even want to get too much into the falcons but then you you get calvin ridley who's a stud really and you, have, right. you, you do have devonta freeman and you did have tevin coleman i mean you had a great team i guess maybe the defense you know who knows yeah the, the defense has a lot of holes on it and i think um i think over the last few years they've just kept some of the same players without really adding anyone but yeah. as far as how their secondary will be attacked, I mean, one thing I guess you could say, too, is that I don't know if Greg Olson is going to be in this game for the Carolina Panthers as, as their tight end hit a helmet-to-helmet hit on him, uh, which is pretty vicious. So, I mean, D.J. Moore's stock might go up this week, and Kyle Allen's got to get the ball to somebody, and why not him, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, you heard it there, then. <laughs> Actually, he's had, like, 500 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns in the last five weeks, too. He's been... Yeah, he's been he's been very good, and he's just he, – he does his business kind of quietly. You don't really hear uh, him say a whole lot, and those are the guys that I like, just the guys that take the gridiron and, and, and just explode on the field and then just pretend like it's just another day at the office. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say about him, which I'm really liking, his targets for 10, 11 next week, 15, 9, and 12. So he's getting targets. The catch is 
Yeah, I'm not too worried. Right, right. All right. Uh, so next player I want to talk about. I feel like it's still been neglected. Maybe getting some recognition now. And I feel like the only reason because of his team, Devontae, and he's playing the Jets. I feel like it's a great matchup. And I feel like. You know what I mean? No one was talking about him because he's the Dolphins, and they're like, oh, why don't we talk about him? But he's falling out. Yes, he is. Yeah, and he was a guy that I added uh, three, four weeks ago just as a bench receiver. And thanks to the injury to T.Y. Hilton, he made his way in my lineup, and I was very reluctant to start him for obvious reasons. The Miami Dolphins are, are terrible, but they do come to play. They're, they're not a talent a team you know littered with talent by any means but out of the players that they do have that are talented Devonte parker's probably right there number one number two i mean this guy is it's it's we've been waiting for him to kind of break out these last few years he was a you know highly sought after draft prospect and he hasn't really done a whole lot and i think that's due to the fact that miami has just been a mess on the offensive side of the ball ryan Tannehill and the whole adam gase thing didn't work out but when you have a NFG, and, and you can, you know, figure that out, NFG quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who do, does not care. This guy will throw the ball anywhere he wants, whenever he wants. No, right. and, your kid's ears, he doesn't right. give a fuck. <laughs> right, right, right. right. He, he, no, no F's given. That's what no. that, yeah, NFG. So, I don't know if we could swear, but, you know, now, now I know we can't. So, <laughs> but uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick definitely is a quarterback that will, will throw the ball wherever he wants. The guy will drop back, just let it fly. And Devontae Parker is loving it right now because Devontae Parker is probably thinking in the back of his mind, if I play really well on this terrible of a team, I'm going to go to a better team and I'm going to make some decent money. If someone sees me as, as I see him, as one of the most uh, talented players on a very bad team, He's the biggest fish in a small pond on that team, literally the biggest dolphin in, 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 yeah. the, in, the, in the ocean. So I think uh, Parker is a great, great addition to any fantasy team. This matchup against the Jets is a juicy one, and I think he's going to explode again. I think he's a legitimate player, and he's been a player that has been waiting for a quarterback to just simply get him the ball, get him the targets, as you mentioned with DJ Moore. Devontae Parker is getting those targets from Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he has been all season long. It's just paying off right here, right now. Yeah, and especially because they're pretty much down every game. Like, last week they were down and, and let it fly. You know what I mean? Even if, right, right. you know, he gets, like, six catches and 80 yards, this points, maybe a big touchdown. They could get blown out. I don't care. He's slinging that ball, and this is who he's looking at. I, I'm starting like, everywhere. You know what I mean? This guy is hot. And he's got the Jets this week, the Giants next week, and then the Bengals. I mean, he is Close. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even really look at his future schedule. That's that's music to my ears. Yeah, I, yeah. I have him. You know, that's that's great. So yeah, I mean, as far as that type of offense too, an offense that's always down, an offense that's always trying to battle back and, and score points. For as bad a team as they are, that actually it has been a fun offense to watch these last few weeks, yes. at least at least for me. I mean, they were down 14 against Philly, who won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, and Ryan Fitzpatrick just turned the switch on and said, who really cares? Everyone and their grandma thought that the Miami Dolphins would go 0-16 this year, and they've battled in a lot of games, including both games against the Bills that I can think of right off the top of my head. They had the lead at halftime in the first one, the second one, really didn't go their way, but they've been battling each and every week. And it's a credit to their coach, Brian Flores, who knows that the team is not that great talent wise, but these players are prepared to play because at the end of the day, they are playing for their jobs. Yeah. I mean, they literally, I've never seen I've such never a bad seen team try so hard. You're kind of like, uh, you know, but you know, this you know, this team, they are battling. like, it doesn't even seem like they're really tanking. I mean, they are, they are. They're battling. Like, they shouldn't even be winning these games, but they are, you know? Right. And, and you think of the Redskins, too. And, I mean, they they are they have no effort. There, there's no no heart uh, on, on those teams, on, on Cincy and, and Washington. Oh, no. Whereas the, the Dolphins have, have really battled, battled hard. 
these last, I'd, I'd say five or six weeks. No. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. All righty. So I have one more wide receiver. I want to talk about. Um, yeah. I, I like him. This Elshon Jeffrey versus the giants. So he missed a couple weeks. Um, and he had an explosive week last week, uh, nine receptions, seven yards, touchdown. Um, and now he's playing the Giants. Which is a very favorable matchup. The secondary sucks. How do you feel about that? I would agree. And Philly's backs are, are against the wall, obviously, with that loss to Miami. And that whole NFC East is is trash. I mean, that division's terrible. One of the, I think it's the worst division in football right now. I think that's safe to say. Um, just based on how Dallas has looked, based on how Philly has looked, Washington, we've talked about them. The Giants are, are in, a, in a complete rebuild. So that, that division is just, I mean, Dallas is in the division lead and, and they're six and six. I mean, that's, that's a joke. Like that, that should never happen. But anyway, the, yeah. <laughs> the, Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles, the barracks are against the wall and they have to get a win this week. And, and Carson Wentz, I look at obviously a stat that, that you like to look at as well. It's targets. And how many targets is one receiver going to get with one quarterback versus how many targets is a receiver going to get with another quarterback? And I remember when Nick Foles was the quarterback for the Eagles, he wasn't really looking at Sean Jeffries way a lot. It looked like uh, Zach Ertz got a lot of targets and, and um, Nelson Aguilar got some targets. But when Carson Wentz is in there, the guy that he's looking at, a lot of the time, at least last week in the, in the moments that I saw the game, was Alshon Jeffrey. So just 16 targets. That is unheard of. That never had that, – that doesn't happen for even the best receivers in the league. And Alshon Jeffrey, I've always liked him. Um, I liked him when he was on the Bears. I like him, you know, on the Eagles as well. And I think he's, you know, one of those other receivers that is just waiting to really explode. Um, and I think that he could be in the midst of that explosion this week against the Giants for sure. Yeah, I mean, he did last week. Carson Wentz hopefully will step up his game again because he did well last week. Who also I'd like to point out could be a really good starter. But again, I just like Carson Wentz if you have him. You're starting them anyways. I doubt right, right. I want to mention it, but he should have a good week as well. There's any questions that. But yeah, and also they got Washington next week too. So he's got this week. Next week, great string of matchups. And then they even end with the Giants, although fantasy will take over. But got two good weeks got to roll with those good matchups yeah oh that's huge in the play it's scary to do when you sometimes you're like i don't want to play a matchup with the player but sometimes the matchup is huge especially when you're looking at these crappy secondary but i have right. one more player i want to talk about i guess position for the tight end uh, most people with tight ends, you usually just help them and you kind of just, you know, you roll with them. But Jack Doyle, because I know a lot of people at Ebron, uh, Jack Doyle versus Tampa Bay, I feel like that's probably the best matchup that I have like Mark Andrews, I roll with him every week, no question. I think Jack Doyle is a good I am smiling year to year hearing you say that because I have a, a dire situation at tight end. I traded Hunter Henry away in a trade to get Saquon Barkley earlier in the season. And I kind of regret it um, because I didn't just trade Hunter Henry. I traded Hunter Henry, Baker Mayfield and Melvin Gordon for Saquon Barkley at the time. It, it seemed like a big win. Definitely got some pieces back from another trade with, with Greg Olson um, and eventually, you know, another quarterback, Derek Carr, who ended up trading for Breeze. But anyway, tight end is the worst position in fantasy football. It, it is it, it is awful. I mean, between the elite of the elite and the tight ends that you think might have some decent weeks, depending on the matchups, there's a few guys there. And Jack Doyle is, is definitely one of them. I have been mightily impressed by Jacoby Brissett's play this season. I did not think he would play as well as he has. And yeah. Jack Doyle is, is definitely benefiting from that. This past week, you know, playing, as you said, for Eric Ebron, he was really the, one of the main weapons on that offense. And I see him in waivers this week. I had to make him my number one waiver priority. Yeah. With how bad the tight end position is, with the questionable tag on Greg Olson, and with the matchup against Tampa Bay's terrible secondary, terrible defense, um, I, I'm, I'm rolling with Jack Doyle in, in multiple leagues. I'm in 
uh, five leagues. I'm probably rolling with Jack Doyle in, in three or four of them uh, this week, and I really hope it pays off because I need it to in playoff time. Yeah, I mean, if you look at – so basically this was the first week with no Ebron. His targets go from four to 11. It's six receptions, 73 yards, touchdown. And again, the Tampa Bay matchup too. I mean, this should be primed and ready to go. You know what I mean? I'm expecting at least 10, 12, 13 points. That would help. Yeah, I think you'd have a great one. So I feel like, like and this is a great person to add if you don't have him. Or maybe you already did scoop him up. I think I'd say start him. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I would definitely say start him and, and fire him up. And he's a good player, too. I mean, he, he was successful with Andrew Luck as his quarterback. But uh, obviously, you wonder whether that production will carry over uh, with, a, with a different quarterback as well as Eric Ebron in the fold. But now with Ebron out of the picture, somebody's got to get those targets. And, and also T.Y. Hilton not fully healthy yet. So I like Jack Doyle a lot. Yeah, me too. And then I guess if they had other question, two more tight ends, if you somehow are in a pinch, I would say Darren Fell seems okay. Um, I mean, he is ranked 13th tight end. He does get looks, kind of one of those uh, gimmies, you know what I mean? Maybe he gets a touchdown, maybe he doesn't, so I guess it's a tough to break. Um, or Dallas Goddard, I know, has been getting decent points, and this is all PPR, but he's been getting decent points too. So if you were in a pinch and you needed a tight end, those would be Doyle, uh, probably Goddard than Fells. Other than that, uh, good luck. You know? <laughs> yeah, other than that, good luck. Other than that, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I, I think I learned my lesson. I, I won't make a trade featuring a tight end again if I feel like I got a good one. Um, I didn't want to trade Hunter Henry, but I really wanted to have the possibility of Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. I just thought I couldn't pass that up. And Barkley has, has really let me down. You know, that, that, that is a, a, a big-time player that was picked in, you know, the top two picks, three picks in most fantasy leagues, and he hasn't really done a whole lot these last few weeks, but I hope that changes soon. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much it. If you want to talk some defenses, I know we did already talk Steelers. That would be, like, my defense. Um, I think it's going to have a great week playing Arizona. Great. I would definitely say the Steelers. Uh, else, maybe the Jets versus Miami. But, again, I feel like at this point in time, one-to-one defense. You probably have your defense, like, stick. You know? Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot of tough matchups, too. For anyone that owns San Francisco's defense, I would suggest go out and get Pittsburgh's if you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, again, I mean, Eagles play the Giants. That could be a maybe, you know. Not, right. Um, right. I guess if you think about, yeah, 49ers, I guess I'd be a little bit scared about. Maybe the Patriots team. But I don't know, you know, it's like that the Bills have yeah, tough, but they've been playing so well, so it's like, so it's like do you yeah, go pick up someone you know? Right, right. What, what, where's that median? Where's that median with those defense? That's, yeah. that's, that's the tough part. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at like an Atlanta Falcons D, I'd say, no, nah, just roll with the, you know, roll with the cat. Or just don't start one at this point. <laughs> yeah, 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 seriously. Yeah, you could play the Falcons and get blown out. You're blown out. You could play no defense, and, and you might be better off with with Atlanta with with that or, or against. You'd be better off starting no defense as a, as opposed to Atlanta or Tampa Bay. Oh I yeah, Tampa Bay. <laughs> I mean, what is the worst defense in fantasy football? Right now? I think it's got to be Tampa Bay, right? Uh, it is the Bay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I have that the Bengals ranked last. Five percent on though. Five percent owned. There's five percent knuckleheads out there with the Bengals as their yeah. defense. Yeah, I, I mean, even you know, it's actually um pretty rough too. The, the Broncos are like, geez. yeah, what a fall for that team. They're, they're just they're a mess. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of rebuilding to do, and I, I bet you John Elway is thinking to himself, why did I pass on Josh Allen? Why did yeah. I do it? Pretty questions that, every day. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, is there anything else you want to bring up? I do have one more section at the end, but in terms of like anything we talked about, receivers, tight ends, anyone that you're like, start, don't start. Um, as far as someone to start, um, I, I guess you could say, you know, last time we were on the show, we, we talked about Devin Singletary and I was just really heated over the fact that he only had eight carries in that game. Um, I believe it was against Cleveland, which which really ticked me off, really frustrated me. 
Um, but I think it's safe to say that Singletary is looked at as the catalyst, as the RB1 of the Buffalo Bills offense. And I think they're going to use him in a lot of different ways this week. Last week, he had a receiving touchdown off of a crazy play where Josh Allen tossed the ball to John Brown. John Brown threw a, a touchdown pass to Devin Singletary. And in case you guys don't know, that's a quarterback to wide receiver to running back touchdown pass. And it was just amazing in that game against Dallas on Thanksgiving uh, for all the Bills fans out there that were watching. I think Devin Singletary is going to get some catches in this game against the Baltimore Ravens. I think Buffalo is going to use him uh, in, in a lot of different ways between the tackles, sideline to sideline, and obviously through the air. Baltimore's defense is going to try to pressure Josh Allen as much as they can, and Allen's going to need that safety valve. I think um, Devin Singletary could be a nice play, and I think Dawson Knox might actually be a solid play tight end-wise for anyone looking for a tight end in fantasy this week. Yeah, I could side with that. So now here's the final section. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who is the Thomas, Thomas takeover, takeover fantasy player of the week? Who's going to have the most points this week in fantasy? I guess exclude quarterbacks because it's kind of hard to, you know what I mean? The most points this week. Wow, you really put me on I can talk if you need. I mean, we got some good matchups. Think about the matchups here. Can I put you on the spot? You know, someone here. You know, my takeover takeover player of the game. Let's let's start off player of the player of the week, we should say. I really love a running back that plays for the Oakland Raiders by the name of Josh Jacobs. Now, the last couple weeks, Josh Jacobs has been so-so. And and when I say so-so, last week, he had 17 carries for 104 yards, but no touchdown, which in my league equaled to 10.4 points. The week prior to that against the Jets, the Raiders just laid down an absolute dog crap performance against the New York Jets. Those things happen. It's a long season. Sometimes teams don't show up in certain matchups that they should. It's the mark of a team that's not really that great, but is getting better and, and will learn from that. This week they play against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee's defense was once looked at as pretty solid, but there's some leaks there. And with the carries, with the workload that the Raiders are willing to invest in Josh Jacobs as a rookie, I think he's a solid bet to go off in any matchup, regardless of who they're playing, just based on the workload and the talent, obviously, this is this is a guy that is a, is a great player and is going to be a great player in this league for a long time. Um, and I also love his story, the fact that he battled back from, from some really tough adversity growing up um, as an inner city kid, a guy that went through uh, things that I, I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't even imagine. Um, this guy battled back and he's just mentally tough. He's averaged 90.1 rushing yards per game since week six, which is, third best in the NFL out of 34 qualified running backs and the league averages is, is 29, 29 yards. So I think that um, within that stat, I think this guy is, is going to really take over this week. I, I, I like his chances to get a touchdown, get in the end zone, maybe twice uh, depending on uh, you know how the game flows. And I, I like him a lot. Now wide receiver wise, if I were to look at, you know, wide receivers, a solid bet, to you know, take over the week and and have a uh, have a massive game. Um, I'm really really thinking, and this is this is a big one. Okay. And it's a it's a name that people know, but it's out of the box a little bit based on the matchup. I think Stephon Gilmore is one of the most overrated players currently in football. I know he's had a really I know good. Where you're going with this one. Okay, keep it going. Right. Right. I really think Stefan Gilmore is, is overrated. I don't think he's as great as they made him out to be. Now, this is his first career season. Let, let me throw this out there. This is his first career season where he has been considered by the majority of the public as elite. And this guy's been in the league for almost 10 years. So that just goes to show you that this guy is, is he, he's finally bursting out of the scene after what, what six, seven years. That's not elite to me. Elite to me is a guy that's elite right out of the gate, a guy that is dependable, reliable. And there's been matchups this year where, yes, Stephon Gilmore has played great, but he has not faced a receiver like Tyreek Hill. 
And I think Tyreek Hill has been waiting for that big game, that game where he'll explode in, in true Tyreek Hill fashion. I think he's going to have a great game. I think the Chiefs are going to destroy New England this week. I, I've been saying it all week long. People have been looking at me like I'm an alien. But the Chiefs are, are bound to break out. It, it, it's, it's like their offense has been kind of lackluster. Mahomes has had back-to-back career lows in passing yards these last two weeks. And you would think to yourself, well, they're going into a buzzsaw in New England and Foxborough with New England's defense. But they're also playing against New England's offense, which is regressing each and every week that they take the field with the lack of weapons that the Patriots have on the offensive side of the ball. So I think Tyreek Hill is going to blow up this week. I think it's it's only a matter of time. Um, and, and I like the matchup between Hill and Stephon Gilmore. I think there's no receiver out there that is as quick and as fast as Tyreek Hill. And I think and Stephon Jeffy Gilmore is going to have trouble with that. He, he's just so tiny. Like, I, I don't know. Like right. The guy just zooped around the field. I mean, I don't think there's any argument – that Tyreek Hill isn't better at his position than Gilmore, right? So I right. love that. I, I could easily see him. You know what I mean? Mahomes blowing it up for two touchdowns Tyreek Hill. Like, and that's a bold – yeah, yeah, that's a bold take too because of, of, of the reasons that I said. You know, they're playing New England, and Stephon Gilmore has talked about as the best corner in the, in the league this year, and I won't disagree with that. But you got to actually give the other side some props too. And when you see an offense is great – as Kansas City's, uh, it, it, it's when you see an offense like that struggle, you know at some point that that is going to change. That in a week that people least expect it, that's how football works. There's weeks where a team is playing another team that you would think would, would blow the other team out of the water. The Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl two years ago and they lost to a Miami Dolphins team that no one thought would get a win this season. I mean, the NFL is is crazy. Things happen and. I think Andy Reid has the has the right offense to manipulate New England's defense, and I think New England's offense is in real trouble. And I'm not saying that for for any you know biased reasons as a Bills fan, or I'm saying that as a true X's and O's football standpoint. The Patriots' offense is in real trouble. That outside of James White and Julian Edelman, they got nothing on that offense. So I think. Um, that's going to be a matchup to watch for sure. Yeah. What's the next uh, position we got? <laughs> yeah. Same. So there's the running back to wide receiver. So we got Tyreek Hill, uh, Josh Jacobs. Do we have a tight end? You don't have to. Tight ends, you know, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I think a guy that is going to really have a great week this week is Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And Mark Andrews, burst out of the scene this year as a tight end, a tight end that I truly wish I would have snagged. I don't know why I didn't, but that's neither here nor there. They play the Buffalo Bills this week. Obviously, Buffalo's defense is, is very good, uh, and they've been fundamentally sound all season long. But I really like the way Lamar Jackson gets the ball to Mark Andrews, even if it's three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Mark Andrews seemingly all season long has been given the ball. You know, he's been targeted. He's had touchdowns. I think he's, I think he's good for a touchdown. Yeah. Mandrews has had a fantastic year. Um, I mean, I got him super late in a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of people thought, you know, great year, but he has really really stepped it up. And I think someone actually should be most scared about Right. Yeah, I, I would. I would agree too. I would say that too. I would say that, um, you know, he's he's the most dynamic weapon on that offense. And you say that, I say that, and I think, well, they got Hollywood Brown. They they have a few other weapons on that offense. And obviously, I think Mark Ingram has been one of the most underrated running backs in the league the last ten years, or however many years he's been in the league. Um, but Mark Andrews, I think, with Lamar Jackson's skills, that tight end position, kind of like Algie Crumpler was to Mike Vick back in the day, Mark Andrews is that safety valve tight end. That Mark Andrews could love some things on Buffalo's defense, and I'm a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that for sure. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so I have two players I think I'd break out. Like, you know, we're gonna go with one. I just have one player that I think player like this doesn't really matter every week. But I think Christian McCaffrey has one of those blow up games, you know. I think every game's like 20 points for him at this point, but I could easily see him get like two touchdowns. touchdowns. I think Tyler Allen gives him a lot of that. Right, and I, I, Christian McCaffrey, he's he's in a, a a really rare season for any player. I think right now his season this year compares to off the top of my head, it's fantasy wise, it, it compares to like Ladainian Tomlinson back when he had that huge year with the Chargers. This guy every single week has been just uh, he's one he's one matchup single handedly for for me I know that. Uh, and for obviously a lot of other fantasy owners last week, didn't really have the best week, but even for running back, the quote unquote, didn't have his best week. He still got me 15 points, which is pretty much average. Uh, this guy is an above average player though. So that's why you expect those big numbers. And I think he'll bounce back this week, big time. And I think Kyle Allen will most definitely find a way to get the ball in his hands. Yeah. I mean, if you look, if you look at his stats, um, he said his last game under 20 points wasn't was it until week two. You know what I mean? Going all the way back. And to mention that, he's only had two weeks under 20 points. I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's carried, carried teams. Carried teams. Absolutely. And he, he last time he played Atlanta, uh, 30 points. So I just think it'll be an easy play. Maybe if you play fans, we'll get him in your lineup. I just think that's a good play. I completely agree. He's, he's my favorite player in the league right now, without a doubt. He's he's right up there. Just so much fun to watch. And uh, yep. I think that's about it, unless you have anything else you want to mention. Uh, outside of anything uh, that we've mentioned already, I guess you could say uh, today I got a podcast going, uh, Wednesday's podcast, the Thomas Take Sports Podcast. I'm going to be diving into – uh, football topics related to the Buffalo Bills, kind of diving into the matchup between the Bills and the Ravens, as I do every Wednesday, previewing the Bills game. Uh, a little bit of a pregame show, X's and O's, but I'll also be diving into some MMA fights that have been announced uh, over the last few days, obviously oh, yeah. over Thanksgiving. Uh, Conor McGregor and, and Donald Cerrone, uh, that fight is signed, sealed, and hopefully it'll be delivered to us uh, January 18th in Las Vegas, UFC 246. Uh, as well, Habib Nurmagomedov is finally fighting, hopefully fighting, Tony Ferguson. I mean, this fight has been signed, sealed, and has been delivered to us four times, Josh. Four okay. times over the years that this fight has been, you know, announced as happening, and it hasn't happened. So I hope the fifth time is the charm. That fight is scheduled for April 18th. It's kind of a ways away, but such a massive fight, and it's a fight that fight fans have been looking at and looking forward to for a long time now. So I'm going to dive into those two fights for the fight fans and uh, you can check it out on the Thomas Take Sports Podcast Spotify channel as well as Apple Podcasts. Alrighty, you heard it there. Make sure you subscribe too. Uh, get all the episodes ready to go for Trainwreck and Thomas Take Sports Podcast. They have the uh, the post-game show, sorry, I wanted to say pre-game, they had the post-game show that is absolutely right. on fire every Sunday. Oh, yeah, it was Sunday this week, too. Um, even though yeah. So every Sunday they're doing it, um, generally around 7, but it all depends. Just follow the Twitter, Instagram. You will see when it will be live. If not, it posted after. Amazing show. And you know what else maybe we can do? Maybe we can get a live show going for a little Conor McGregor action, a little watch party. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, and as far as that goes, I was watch I was gonna Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, and as far as um the Thomas Stickover post game show, I was gonna leave that to you to plug it, being that you're the host. But folks, if you want to see a sports show where one guy sitting in the middle takes over the show and just proclaims his true beliefs on all things Buffalo Bills, love it or hate it, agree with it, disagree with it. Don't come to take part. Come to take over. Watch the show, and you will enjoy it. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah, it's great. I've watched a couple live after. It's great. It's like usually it's right after those 4 p.m. games or just wrapping up, and you're kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? And you tune in, right, watch right. before the, the 8 o'clock game. It's fantastic. 
Yeah, and I mean, being that the Bills played Thanksgiving, we did a show at noon uh, this past uh, Sunday where we, you know, recapped the Bills-Dallas uh, game on Thanksgiving, that big Bills win, and then we previewed the Ravens and um, Bills game, and, and that was our biggest show to date. I mean, and that one was at noon. So regardless of the of the time, whether it's at noon or whether we've done them at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, uh, they've been getting more popular each and every week, and I've definitely seen it as far as my social media following on Twitter at Ryan Thomas Take. Uh, that, that's, you know, I'm getting a lot more social media interaction uh, as well. You know, I just love covering the Buffalo Bills. I love this team, where they're headed. Sean McDermott, the, the team is a direct reflection of him, and I think all credit needs to go to McDermott for the last three years, really, even at six and 10, uh, that team had no business being six and 10. There was not, not a lot of talent on that team offensively, especially, and they were able to win six games last year, which I saw as a huge moral victory. And now this season coming out of the gate three and oh, and, you know, parlaying that into a nine and three start in the thick of it in the AFC, they're in control of their own destiny. A lot to be excited about if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, especially when you have number 17 lining up the QB slinging that football. Oh, yeah, 100%. All right, it's just about that time. We are going to head out. Make sure you hit all those plugs we just dropped. There's quite a lot. <laughs> Make sure you hit them all and uh, tune in next week for a fantasy show. We'll be into the, for most people, the semis of fantasy football, and then we'll get to the champions. But for now, good night now.